How many of you remember the hand clutch B John Deere, 60 John Deere? Yeah, there's a few, all right? That's what I have. But now, in fact, I was telling my son-in-law, I said I didn't have anything with a cab on it when I was doing farming. It's nice now to sit in an air-conditioned cab and do things, but well, I'll tell you what, it's changed a lot, but I've enjoyed it. But praise the Lord for it. The Lord allowed me to go to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and be an advisor to engineer units in North Dakota and South Dakota, not realizing that that's not the reason, but to get me involved in the ministry in which I'm doing. And I praise the Lord for allowing me to get involved in and do this. September the 1st, 2001, I started doing this. And I had the thoughts of the man that was introducing to the ministry said, you know, I'll continue raising support and we'll get paper money and we'll do this and you can help. He had esophageal cancer and passed away in August before I started full-time in September, two weeks before I started. But I learned a lot from that man in the few weeks that I was able to visit with him literally after work every night, going to the hospital there in Sioux Falls. And if Brother Byers was able to talk, he would take the time to tell me the important things about the ministry. But the most important thing he said is, is trust God. He will lead you. He will guide you to do the work that he's asked you to do. And I praise the Lord for that. When I started, we had eight seed line churches. Now we have 35, and I've got three more churches that are wanting me to get them set up and to start doing the work. And it's grown, and I praise the Lord for that. But there are a lot of things going on, and it's not because it's me, it's not because of what I'm doing, but it's because it's God's Word that we are doing, working up and sending. And it's a thrill and a privilege to be involved in a ministry that does this. And when I, I got started, I never knew the magnitude of what it could possibly become. And I praise the Lord for the growth that He's allowed. Some of you may not realize or, or, or understand, but there are a lot of missionaries on countries of that map back there that they can't get Scripture in that country at all. You can't buy it. You can't go to the bookstore. You can't find it anywhere. And so they get a hold of us and they say, we would like to have, can you help us? And so I go to churches like this one and others that want to get involved in getting God's Word out to people around the world, and I say, here's the need, here's the request, this is what I know about, will you help us? And the Lord has allowed the ministry to grow from eight churches working to over 35 churches that are working Scripture, and we've been able to send over 17 million Scripture in 16 different languages to 28 countries of the world now. And I praise the Lord for it. It's not me. It's God's Word, the most important, most valuable thing on this earth. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. But I want to just let you, I guess, see a glimpse of what we're doing right now. Two years ago in October, I met a man by the name of Curtis Hall at a missions conference. And he wanted Thai, John, and Romans for Thailand. And he told about the trips that he had been there and the work and the need for and that they have a network of churches over there that are willing and requesting for a million Thai, John and Romans, a year for the next 20 years. And that will just cover Bangkok, Thailand. 
And the Lord spoke to me about it and says, you know, you've sent some over there to another missionary. You've got some in the Bible barn at St. Robert, Missouri. And so I went up to Brother Hall afterwards and I said, I have about 30,000 left over that wouldn't fit in this container. And would you like to have? He says, yeah, and what else do you have? Well, since that time, I've went to churches and we've raised the money and we've printed 980,000 Thai Gospel of John and Romans. Now, what does that mean to you? Well, if you had a building that was 20 foot by 100 foot, 9 foot high, that's how much space it would take to do 980,000 John and Romans. In addition to that, we're working up other languages at churches to send to other missionaries as well. And I get requests all the time. Just like a week ago, the 7th and 8th, I was at a church in Rogers, Arkansas, at the conference where we were talking about this Thai project. And he goes, I need to have, for an outreach ministry that we're going to start doing in the Philippines, a million a year for that. And he said, you know, there's a bunch of pastors at this meeting, and they go... I don't think you guys understand, but we're not talking thousands. We're not talking hundred thousand. We're talking a million of. And you think, wow, a million is a lot. That's how much of the percentage of the state of South Dakota. Bunch, right? Are you even a million? Okay, so that's more than one for everybody in the state. But we're talking about just a city in a country that's big, and that's not everyone. If they passed out in Bangkok a, th- a million a year for the next 20 years, literally they would have people that were dying of old age and being born at a higher rate than we could get it out to them. That's, it's hard for us to think about, isn't it? India. I go over to India. We've sent over 8.5 million in four different languages over to India. But there's a billion, 100,000 people more in India than is in the United States. That's numbers that are staggering. But you know what's not staggering about it? Every one of those individuals everywhere on this earth has a soul that needs Jesus Christ. And if they can't get a scripture, they can't read about Jesus Christ, who's going to tell them? Well, we have how many Bibles sitting around our house? And we don't even use them. We don't even know how to use them. We don't even use them to talk to the neighbor. And and I'm trying not to beat anybody up here, but get you to realize there are entire countries of the world, you can't get a Bible. We had the privilege to send a week ago on Friday with Brother Ruckman out of Eastside Baptist, a container with 254,000 John and Romans and and about 4,000 New Testaments and 200 whole Bibles. And that's just like a drop in the bucket for what the need is over there. He's already talking about, can we get another container of Scripture to send? And I would like to tell him, yes, I've got it. Let's ship it tomorrow. But we can't do that. We raise about $180,000 to $200,000 a year to buy paper so that we can print Scripture on it. And we have the churches and the capability to work up about a million and a half a year. But that's not even a drop in the bucket to the requests that are coming in for me. 
In fact, I was at that conference in Rogers, Arkansas, and a man who's in Nigeria. In fact, he knew Yinka. In fact, the first container of Scripture that we sent many years ago to Yinka over there, he got some of that Scripture and was able to hand it out over there in Nigeria. And he says, I need another container of Scripture over there. I said, really? He says, yeah, we've been able to start. And he told me 30-some churches that we've been able to start, and all of them are just running over. And it's hard for them to count because sometimes the churches are underneath a, a, a tree. They're not in a building like here. But they'll come and listen to the Word of God being preached. They're hungry for They want to have material to take home and to, to learn. And in fact, a lot of places in the world, that John and Romans, they learn how to read from it. And that's why they want to have English in some of those countries. Because if they learn English, then they can do more in life than if they just have their native tongue. And so I'm just thrilled that we have the request. So right now, I have a request for about two and a half million scripture. That's a little over $300,000 that we need in order to get that printed and worked up to send. Yeah, that's a lot of money. God has it in your pocketbook, in your bank account. I have churches just like it was at in Wyoming. And a couple of girls come up to us after I talked about the ministry and the need for Scripture. And a couple of girls went home and they robbed their piggy banks. In fact, they just dumped them all into an ammo can. And they brought that ammo can and says, here, we want to help you. I have a church that does that in southeast Missouri. And we get about $2,600 a year off of just the change from the people in the church. And it's not as big as this church. And praise the Lord for it because every 14 cents... I can buy the paper and print a Gospel of John and Romans. That's how it works. We get the funds to make it happen. We then get to meet the need. And then if the Lord allows and I raise support to do, I go over and I get to see the results. And I love to tell people about the results because a lot of people don't realize. We have our Bible and we see it here. We use it here at church. We do devotions at home and we use it. But there, they'll share it with 10 different people to 15 different people. Yeah. They don't have for themselves. It's a community thing. In fact, we send some of these whole Bibles over there like we did for Brother Rockman and Brother Yinka and another man, Brother Mark Hoffman, who's over there in Nigeria. A whole Bible like this, the entire, it's the only one the entire church has. Can you imagine? No, we can't. But that's the most powerful, most important thing on earth, right there, God's Word. So what do we do with it? Are we doing anything to help those that don't have it because their soul is just as valuable as our soul? Would you give 14 cents to have salvation? Yeah, I praise the Lord at seven. I accept the Lord as my Savior. 50 years now I've been, and I praise the Lord for those 50 years of being a Christian servant, but I praise the Lord that I get the opportunity now to give God's Word to others so that they too might share the Word of God, know the Word of God, read it, and tell others. They'll memorize it. I've seen literally some of those John and Romans when I went to the Philippines where they had cut down the middle and they'd taken a page and handed it to different people, and that's what they read. And once they got done with that, and they memorized much, 
they'd give it to somebody else. And so when I went over and did a youth meeting over there, a lot of the kids had them handed out in school from the project that we had sent over there. They brought that with them. And so I preached out of John and Romans for the entire youth conference. A lot in John and Romans. Praise the Lord for those individuals who had surrendered their life to the Lord now are studying, and some of them are even pastoring churches. It was a thrill to go over to India in January this year and be going to preacher's conferences and having over 60 of those pastors there, but three of those young men had gotten saved as a result, and they're there and they're pastoring churches. Boy, that just does your heart good to know, to, to hear the testimonies of the people that have gotten saved as a result of. You know, God's got one plan. Right here. Everybody can read it from the youngest to the oldest. And we can learn something from it every time we open a book, can we not? Yeah. You would look at 1 Samuel, chapter number 13. While you're turning there, it was, fine. it was good this morning to hear a couple of my elders that were discussing and trying to remember if they could, you know, about getting old. My pastor's 82. And there's days that he gets that way too. But he's pastoring church. He's started over 13 churches in the St. Louis area. Praise the Lord for Brother Waymire and all he has. In fact, your pastor's dad knows him very well. He's came and spoke at our church many times. And praise the Lord for it. But he's a good man, doing good work. And I praise the Lord I can serve with him. And I'm glad that I can call him my pastor. And he sticks with the word. Some people don't like that nowadays. But that's in this plan as well. In fact, we're going to talk about that strategic plan this evening for just a little bit. If you would, 1 Samuel 13, we're going to read 19 through 22. 19 through 22. It says, Now there were no smith found throughout all the land of Israel, for the Philistines said, Lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears, but all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his shear, his coulter, his axe, his mattocks. Yet they had a file for the mattocks, for the coulter, for the forks, and for the axes, and for the sharpening the goats. So it came to pass in the day of battle that there were neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan, but with Saul and with Jonathan his son was their found. They were the only ones that had. And if you look at it in commentaries, they will tell you that here we find the Philistines had a strategic plan. They purposed to get all of the smiths, those individuals that worked with metal, and take it away from Israelites. Not allow them to have because they realized, what? If we allow these people to be smiths and work with iron, they'll make weapons that they'll use against us. And God has really blessed them. When they go to war, they're pretty effective at fighting. And so if we take away their capability, then guess what? They go out, they won't have nothing but maybe some rocks to throw at us. Well, we don't want David to have a slang. He's pretty effective. Okay? We don't want him to have it, but they won't have the tools, the instruments of war. In fact, we can tell them what to do and where to come to get sharp. 
so that even the farming things that they have, the axes to cut down the trees, we can control it all. And you say, Brother Martin, how does that apply to me today? Well, the Word of God is our file. It's our file. It's what sharpens us. It's what we do use, I hope, to keep us sharp in understanding and knowing the things of God, spiritual things, so that we're prepared to go out and to do the work that we're supposed to be doing. Every one of us that knows Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, are to be a missionary telling those around us every day. And this is how we hone, we sharpen, we, we prepare the tool necessary to do the job. This is the tool. But you know, the devil's got a strategic plan as well. The devil has said, you know what? If we can keep the people confused and not use the Word of God, that won't be effective. I know most of you don't travel like I do, and you don't get to see a lot of people like I do, but there's a lot of places out there that are confused because they don't have at all a Bible. They've heard, and what they've heard some places was corrupt, but some places have a corrupt word as well, and it's not used very effectively because it's not God's word. It's not going to be effective. And the devil's got that plan. You think, well, that's a new plan, isn't it? No, it's not. You go back to Genesis chapter 3, it tells there of Eve in the garden, right? Yea, hath God said? And started changing words. And that's why I'm not an English major, okay? You can tell. But, words have meaning. And the Word of God has meaning. And it sharpens us. The more we study it, the more we search the Scriptures, the more that we go to the right Scripture, the better we are as an instrument to be used of the Lord. And that's one reason why no matter what language that I print, no matter where we sin, we want it to be the equivalent of the Textus Receptus, so they will have God's Word and not man's Word. And if you study it out and you realize what the devil has done over the years, he's taken a lot of people and confused them, and they've said, well, it's, it, it's, it's close, it, it's okay, but yet, when you take away capitalization, you take away spelling, it changes the meaning. I don't like to read others and see where Savior is spelled wrong. And you can't hardly buy a hymn book anymore, as well as a lot of places, like there are presses that are printing Bibles, and they've taken the spelling as S-A-V-I-O-U-R away, and it's S-A-V-O-U-R. What's the difference between those two words? S-A-V-O-U-R is one who renders aid or assistance, a Savior. And I-O-U-R is the one and only that died on the cross and the only way for you to accept Christ as your Savior and go to heaven. It, it, it makes a huge difference. I can render aid and assistance to you. But I can't save you. I can point you to the Savior. I can use the sword, the file, the, the tool to show you the difference. I can render aid and assistance. I've had 
the privilege of doing that in a few times in my life. But I love to be the one that is showing people the S-A-V-I-O-U-R, the one and only, because he's the one that for all eternity, no matter what happens to us while we're on earth, he's the one that says, I prepared a home for you in heaven. And I like to point people there. When you take away capitalization, okay, pronouns, all of the proper nouns, when you take that away, what does that mean? And I know we have a disrespectful generation now that does not respect any authority and does not care. But it still does not mean that the words don't mean the same. When you take that away, it's wrong. When I went to school, they taught us how to make a capital S, little a, M, U, E, L. Samuel, that's your name. And if I wrote a little s in front of it, they say, no, 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 you are capital S. And I learned the difference. That's me, personally. Well, why would you think that you could take away the capitalization for all of the referencing to God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, all of those things and think that it didn't change the meaning of it. And you say, well, that was just a, a, a slight... No, it was an intentional changing. And the why to the intentional changing? So that it would dumb it down, to make it different, pervert it to something that it was never intended to be. You see, God's strategic plan is the plan. It's the one that we read in the Bible. And, oh, by the way, one day when we get to heaven, it's the one that we're going to be judged by. Don't you think you would want the real thing? You know, I'd love to go to court nowadays. Why? Because I could challenge anything and everything in the courts of America because everything's thrown out, right? That's not going to happen in heaven. We're not going to be situational ethics or situational believing of something. God said it. He put it in writing for us, and that's what we're supposed to be using. And I tell people, well, you know, I can't understand it. No, you can understand it. When I was in kindergarten, I started learning a vocabulary. And when I graduated from engineering school, I learned a different vocabulary, but I learned that to get there. They didn't teach me on kindergarten level to be an engineer. Right? So if you study the Bible, you search the Scriptures, God's going to reveal it. And oh, by the way, get you a nice 1848 dictionary right there beside it and a concordance to study out those words because you'll see the difference between them. And there's a lot of words, and it depends upon what version you want to look at and compare to, but there's a lot of words that have changed. In fact, there's many presses now like Zondervan and several others, and I don't want to mention them, that are intentionally changing things that are in what they call a King James Bible and printing it. And so when you look and you read and the pastor's reading out of his good text that he is, and you say, well, that's not what my Bible says. It's because they intentionally are changing it now and still selling it as a KJV Bible, and that's what it'll say on the back of it, even though they've changed it. And they didn't tell you. Sad to see that that's happening, but that's a devil's tool that's been very effective for years. And that's why we see churches that are in the problems that they are in. God gave the Israelites a command. He told them what to do. He instructed them. 
and he warned them against. And they are the ones that decided to compromise and to, flee, to, to stray away from. And what happened as a result of it? The Philistines took away their capability and defeated them. And that's exactly what's happening today in churches around the world. The devil has used the tool of wordsmithing, and people are not studying knowing the difference. And so when it comes down to, you can't back it up. My wife and I were with a pastor and his wife, and we were sitting in a restaurant, and we were eating, and we were discussing some of these changes, and a lady in a booth was with her daughter, and she goes, I'm sorry, but... I've been eavesdropping on you guys' conversation, but he says, I've been trying to tell my daughter to look in the Bible and to show her some of these things about purity and, and, and how to live right and grow right. And she says, it's not in there. But she says, I understand now from your conversation. Now, what is the version that we need to get so we can get rid of what we've got? And you know what? It takes people that will openly speak about and understand this to warn others and to tell them so that they don't fall in the same trap. But if your pastor was to get up here and he was to open something other than a good Bible, and he started, how many of you would know when he started reading that that wasn't right? I went to a church one time and the Sunday school teacher had on the wall from a and I won't say the place, but they had on the wall a Bible verse, John 3.16. They changed one word in there. What's the difference between everlasting and eternal? It makes a difference. And I happened to mention, and they didn't like it too well, but they took the verse off the wall and put the right version up there. Why? Because it, didn't cha it changes the meaning of John 3.16. Do we know that because we've been using the right tool? Can we recognize when we hear something read? When you listen on the radio and you hear some pastor that's preaching and he's got some good points and he reads it, it just turns me off when he uses some other version and I, I just click it, turn it off. I'm not going to listen. Why? It's a corruption. It, 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 it's a canker that's going to come in there and to, to ruin my thoughts of and, and my belief in. And the more you listen to that, the more, oh, yeah, maybe it's not so bad after all. How long do you think it took the Philistines to realize, oops, we don't have the capability no more. When they showed up for war, we are seeing in America the eroding of right now so many of our constitutional rights. It's not even funny. And a lot of it, there's nothing we can do because for years now, the strategic plan of the politicians has been to corrupt, to erode, to take away. And now we have churches that are in some places in the United States that can't even assemble and have services because it's illegal. They're arrested, they're thrown in jail. Are we like the Philistine? Have we given away everything and not known or have we had the plan all along to intentionally change and corrupt to the point where what is truth? And that's exactly what the devil wants us to be at. He wants us to be at the state that the Philistines had the people of Israel. 
you don't know what the truth is. Anything is okay. And oh, by the way, church is not even important anymore. It's not essential anymore. You're not going to be allowed to, join, to gather together. I praise the Lord. I had a couple of pastors during this COVID stuff back in May. One over in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. Brother Jordan, he called me and he says, Brother Martin, he says, I need you to do me a favor. I said, okay. He says, the state of Kentucky has shut everybody down. We can't assemble. But he says, the warehouses are essential down the road and they can come in and they can work. He says, do me a favor and write a letter from World Missions Bearing Precious Seeds saying that you need 15,000 Ty, John, and Romans worked up by a certain date so that we can then be a warehouse and we can be essential. And you know what? I did it. And he says, oh, by the way, I preached to them while they're assembling scriptures. But after a few weeks, they saw that the state had made a big mistake. And he says, we never stopped having services. Thank you for the letter. We actually had sent personalized John and Romans to the man in Mississippi, Brother Charles Hamilton, who was on the national news with more cop cars in his parking lot than there were members of the church. And then we also sent to Chicago to Courtney Lewis personalized, and they literally arrested and fined him. Why? Because we've not used our tool, the file, God's Word, to sharpen us, to be aware, and to stand up against in the day of battle. Where are we at, folks? I pray that Bible Baptist Church in Brookings is studying God's Word, is knowing the truth, is not compromising on it, and will stand in the day and stand up for and say, no, we're not accepting that change. We're going to do what God says to do because He is our strength. He's our protector. He's our provider. He is our guide. He is, and you can name all of the things that are in there, but the, some of those are even being taken out of the Bible as well. It's a privilege to be in the ministry, and it's a privilege to be able to print God's Word to help meet the needs around the world. But as I go, I see the strategic plan of the devil and the changing of God's Word and how effective it is around the world on keeping people out of church. Don't let that happen to you, folks. Continue to strive to know God's Word, to use God's Word effectively, and get it to people around the world. The need is great, but the Lord's coming is soon. Don't know when that is. And you say, well, you've got a lot of Scripture that's being worked. Yeah, I know that. But they'll need that too when we're gone. They're going to be wanting the answers. They're going to find it in good old King James Bible in English or in whatever translation around the world that come from the Texas Receptor. Let's do everything that we can, folks, to get God's Word to people around the world. And let's use the tool that God has given us effectively to do the ministry. Every head bowed and every